We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. We are finishing up our previews from around the country. We're going to do the group of five uh, this evening, which includes the MAC, the AAC, uh, Conference USA, the Sun Belt Conference, and the Mountain West. Today we bring in special guest Nathan Kampf, who's also a writer at Hoosier Huddle. TJ Inman will also be along with us. I'm Sammy Jacobs, and we're going to get here uh, started here in a second. Uh, we bring in Nathan Kampf, who did our Ball State preview uh, a couple weeks ago. Nathan, how are you? Doing well. Glad to be here. Awesome. Excited to talk uh, so, to college football. Oh, yeah, finally. We had Big 12 and SEC media days uh, start, you know, start up today. So that's the unofficial off of college football media days to me are kind of like the the people who start putting up uh, Christmas decorations after ho- the the day after Halloween ends, um, and that's that's what today is. Uh, and then TJ, uh, welcome back to the show. TJ, how are you doing today? I heard Hunter had to go to the dentist. Oh uh, yeah, yeah he uh, he did. Yeah, he was a brave little guy, but uh, yeah he. Um, Got a little bit of a got a little tooth problem, so uh, that'll that'll hit in the wallet. But uh, hopefully it goes pretty well. But yeah, he uh, he's doing okay though. All right, that's great to hear. We're going to change up the format a little bit. IU is playing two Group of Five uh, opponents this year from the MAC. They play yep. Ball State from Conference USA. They play FIU. So in the last few previews, we've done best. Uh, best in-state in-conference matchup, best out-of-conference matchup, best uniform, and you know best atmosphere and all that stuff. But what we're going to do today is go through each conference, give their best chance at a Power Five win. Going through them, I wanted to say upset, but a lot of these ones might not be upsets when you look at the lines in Vegas, um, and then our championship matchup, and as well as your New Year New Year Six Bowl party crasher. Uh, it's basically the team who has the best chance coming out of each conference to be that group of five team in uh, in the New York Six Bulls. All right, let's start with the MAC. Uh, Nathan, what is your best chance for a MAC team to pull uh, pull off a win against a Power Five team? Oh, I was looking at it, and I think I'm going to pick Toledo has Miami of Florida coming to them, actually, this year in week two. Um, the main question mark for Toledo would definitely be their quarterback play. They lost their quarterback last, uh, that they've had for the past couple of years. But they did play Miami at Miami last year and led 16-10 at halftime. 
they've shown they can compete and they didn't really they show that they were scared when they were playing on the road so i just think the fact that they will have such a big program at home i give them my pick for the mac upset all right that's good and we've seen power five conference teams travel to mac stadiums before and kind of get lost in the woods up there tj how about you I, I mean, I think if we're going strictly on the you know, MAC team most likely to beat a power conference team, it's probably Central Michigan because they get to play Kansas. Uh, but I, I think in terms of upset, uh, one in week one is really interesting to me. It's a team I really like uh, versus a team that I think has some big question marks. Ohio uh, traveling to Nebraska on September 1st. A uh, chance to kind of spoil Scott Frost's opening game uh, as the Nebraska head coach. You know that the Cornhuskers are going to be uh, raring to go, but Frank Solich, uh, no stranger to Memorial Stadium, and uh, I, I really think he has built himself quite the solid program. Uh, Ohio is going to be the more experienced team, uh, the team more used to playing in that system. Uh, I don't think they'll be overwhelmed by going there. Uh, I'm going to go with Ohio, and they will certainly be underdogs, so it would be an upset uh, the Bobcats over the Huskers September 1st. All right. Well, I am going to call out Phil Steele on an editing issue. His schedule is different than the schedule they list in Athlon because I had picked Ohio at University of Virginia. They don't play this year, depending on (laughs) whose schedule they look at. So that is my fault for using Phil Steele and not Athlon's Big Ten and, and, and doubling up on that. So this is throwing me off a little bit. All right. Miami does play at Minnesota, and NIU does open up at Iowa. Those are the other two that I had listed. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about Minnesota a little bit uh, with their quarterback issues, starting a freshman. Miami's coming in. They have a strong team coming back. Uh, they kind of underperformed last year at five and seven, but they returned their quarterback, running back, uh, and a couple wide receivers and three out of the four starters on the line. Actually, they returned all their starting linemen, guys who started last year. They have two upperclassmen listed in their two deep um, that are listed as backups. So, Phil Steele, you got to fix your schedule in the uh, – for the Ohio Bobcats, uh, since they do not play at UVA, that would have been one. Um, and then NIU at Iowa. We've seen Northern Illinois beat Big Ten teams mm-hmm. before. We've seen them win at Iowa. I know our colleague Alex Compton uh, is going to be all over that game as well. Uh, so I'm going to go uh, with, you know, watch Miami and Minnesota. And that game is week three. And then – the opening week where some of these upsets do happen, NIU at Iowa. All right. Now that I've got my information correct, uh, Nathan, who is your championship game pick, uh, matchup pick for the MAC? So for the MAC, out of the East, I had Ohio winning. Um, they're going to be led by their quarterback, Nathan Rourke, and they've had a longtime coach there, Frank um, Solick, and just surprising for most Mac schools is that he's stayed that long. Usually they kind of use him as a stepping stone, but he seems content at Ohio. And I think they'll really like benefit from him being there for so long this year. 
and most likely win in the East. Their only question mark, I would say, is that they lost seven starters on the defensive side, so they'll have to be able to make up for that on the offensive side of the ball. And out of the West, I had Northern Illinois. They lost their QB last year, but you highlighted them in the um, potential upset pick. I don't think losing their QB is enough for me to pick against the, we'll call it a dynasty that they've established. So I've got Ohio playing Northern Illinois and Ohio winning that in the MAC. It's a pretty good pick. Uh, TJ, how about, how about yourself? Yeah, Ohio's my pick as well. I, I, you know, the defense is a question mark for sure. And those, those seven starters they lost primarily uh, coming in that front seven. I mean, they only returned one of their linebackers. They lost all the defensive linemen. Uh, they did play a pretty heavy rotation up front. So I, I'm not that concerned about it, but uh, it is going to be a question mark for them. Uh, it's a solid system, though. I think they'll be okay. Offensively, Nathan Rourke uh, really came on as a guy that stepped into that lineup last season. And once he did, the offense kind of took off and gave them an element that they have not had in Frank Solich's time. Uh, and then they've, they've got pretty good skills position players as well. Uh, the one thing for them, and it's not related to the, uh, the MAC race necessarily, uh, they're non-conference at Nebraska – Morgan State, which is, you know, handy there, but at Northwestern, at Iowa State, I mean, that is uh, all Max play a pretty tough non-conference, but that's that's real tough, but also a really good opportunity. Uh, I don't think it's out of the question uh, that they go 2-1 and one at Nebraska, at Northwestern, at Iowa State. Now, they could easily go 0-3, uh, but, you know, it, it's not out of the question. They, they can get a couple of those. Uh, and set themselves up for a really special season um, in the other Athens, if you will. But I'll go with them out of the East and then uh, the other division. Really tough between Toledo, who I think most people, based on recruiting rankings, would say has the most talent in this division. However, they have to go to Northern Illinois. They have to go to Western Michigan. They have to go to Eastern Michigan. Uh, They don't really get any of their key games at home. Uh, in the non-conference, they do with Miami uh, and Nevada as well. But, uh, you know, replacing so much plus such a difficult road schedule in their conference makes me give the edge to Northern Illinois. And then uh, Ohio winning the, the MAC title game. Yep. So I found another error in Adlock. Apparently, the last week of the season, Ohio is playing at Ohio. Um, so Ohio should win that game. But, um, that game, it's, it's Akron good. at Ohio. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, guys, when you're looking at your back schedules, uh, just double-check and make sure. All right, I, I'm going to go Ohio out of the East. I, I like their schedule. Uh, TJ, like you said, you get those guys coming to you. Um, the tough games uh, with Miami of Ohio and, and uh, your, your big your big matchups. Um and then I like Northern Illinois. Um, I, I'm not really sold on Toledo uh, just yet. No. You know, they have their road schedules tough. They have to go to Fresno State, and we'll talk about Fresno State here in a little bit. Uh, but I, I take Ohio over Northern Illinois in the MAC, uh, MAC championship game. Now let's get down to IU's opponent in the MAC. Uh, it, it's Ball State. They're 
not predicted to do all too well. They're predicted to finish last in the West um, and probably in the bottom, you know, the bottom third of that, uh, of the whole MAC conference. But they do return uh, a lot of guys who, who made some plays a couple years ago. Uh, Nathan, you wrote that they were, they were injured a lot last year, but they bring back Riley Neal. James Gilbert just got put on the watch list for the Maxwell Award, which goes to the most outstanding player in college football uh, and things like that. So, Nathan, what does IU have to be prepared for when they face Ball State on September 15th? Yeah, like you said, just last year they were just decimated by injuries. Like, I, I would argue worse than any other team in the nation. So, when you're pre- one thing for IU, when you're preparing for this game we have next season on September 15th, you're not going to really be able to look at tape from last year just because so many of their players were sitting on the sideline sideline in casts and have off of surgery. And you you really won't have anything to know. I kind of had, him, had Ball State as a uh, – I probably am biased, but I think they'll be a sleeper in the, in the MAC just because – I think people underestimated them just looking at last year's record and last year's performances, especially in the second half of the season when they were they lost multiple games in a row by 40-plus points. But this year, the return of Riley Neal, the return of James Gilbert will be huge on the office, offensive side of the ball. And I really think they should be able to have some more firepower and put, put some more points on the board. Um, Ball State's offense in general, they focus on really short passes and just getting the ball into the hands of their playmakers. And last year they didn't have the quarterback to get the ball into the playmakers' hands. And even if they did have the quarterback, the playmakers weren't there. So the return can't be understated. Um, I think what IU will really have to focus and what the main matchup going into that game will come down to will be the Ball State receivers against the somewhat young. I think Rashard Fant was just a huge part of IU's defense in the past. So now that he's gone, just transition phase early in the season, I think that's the part, the matchup to watch will be the Ball State receivers against the, the corners and the safeties of the Indiana defense. Um, Ball State returns Riley, Riley Miller in the receiving corps, who also went to my high school and played um, with Riley Neal since they were in second grade. Um, they also have Justin Hall, who last year was a ESPN all-freshman, had, I think, the most catches in the nation or most yards in the nation of all freshmen. He's going to be an impressive player to watch and someone that the IU defense will have to focus in on. Um, but I think it'll be an interesting game. I, Of course, I'm still going to pick the Hoosiers, but... I think it'll be a good yeah. game to watch. Yeah, and Ball State's coming in after playing at Notre Dame that game as well. Uh, so it, it's, I want to say playing a MAC team, playing a Power 5 team is, is kind of a, a letdown game. But you're going into Notre Dame Stadium, and maybe there is just an energy, a, a little lack of energy going in. Uh, but if you look at those first three games before everybody got hurt, uh Ball State probably should have beat Illinois. They lost 24-21. They beat UAB, who had a solid season, by 20 points. 
They beat Tennessee Tech, and then after that, the wheels fell off. They gave up 33 at Western Kentucky, 55 at Western Michigan, 56 at Central Michigan, 58 at Toledo, 56 at Eastern Michigan, 63 at Northern Illinois, 40 against Buffalo, and then ended the season with a 28-7 loss uh, to Miami of Ohio. So, and a couple of those were at home. So, yeah, a lot of those games were at home. There, we'll see what their defense could do. But it's one of those games that this is this is a game that IU can't take lightly. They're they're finally broke that losing streak against Ball State, where they had lost um, three in a row. Uh, yeah, 2008, 2011, 2012, three in a row. They broke that that streak, although that game didn't end the way that IU fans had hoped it would have ended. But to get the, the year off started, the, IU's third game of the year, if they could get the year started 3-0, and it would be a great start. And, and it should be a, a nice atmosphere. Ball State always sweat, travels well down to Bloomington, uh, so we'll we'll see. All right, TJ, anything to add on, on Ball State? Well, I think that they do have a nice uh, trio of running backs, uh, a couple of guys that got some experience last year due to Gilbert's injury. Then you bring him back. It's a, it's a good backfield, the Bradley Neal quarterback position. But I think it's going to be a good challenge for IU's, uh, IU's offense, or I'm sorry, IU's defense. But um, realistically, Indiana's offense should be able to control the line of scrimmage and do whatever they want against this uh, front seven for Ball State. Um, I know BSU has some good players returning from injury, but um, the horses to be able to uh, match up with Indiana's offensive line. And, and if if IU is not able to run the ball consistently, uh, and one of that's going to be one of the themes of the non-conference schedule, if Indiana can't run the ball consistently against their opponents in the non-conference, uh, it kind of spells doom for the Big Ten season, if you ask me, uh, because it's three games that on paper, IU should be able to run the ball pretty well. Yeah, that's correct. You know, and we'll talk about FIU uh, here coming up in the next, you know, next uh, two sessions. But, yeah, FIU probably is your your toughest front seven in the non-conference. Virginia loses an NFL draft pick uh, and uh, an All-American linebacker in that front seven. So, We'll learn right away whether or not this, you know, IU running game is going to be improved. If they can't run against these guys, they're not going to run against Big Ten teams. All right, moving on to the AAC. Uh, TJ, we'll start with you this time. What is your Power 5 win pick? You know, I, I think the most likely is probably going to be either South Florida against Illinois uh, or Central Florida at North Carolina. I think those are both kind of the most likely. The only the only game that I looked at and said, really, hey, that would be a game that I think is winnable for the AAC team, uh, but they won't be favored because Central Florida uh, will be favored at North Carolina and South Florida will definitely be favored against Illinois. Um, but the only one where I see them being the underdog and having a chance to win uh, would be a solid Temple team going to Maryland. Uh, early in the season, I, I, so I guess I have to go with that one. But to be honest, I didn't really see any that jumped up, uh, jumped off the page at me uh, as likely upsets, if you will. Um, 
But if we're going with AAC teams to beat Power 5 teams, I'll go South Florida, Illinois, it's most likely. Right. Nathan, how about you? Yeah, I'm also not positive that this one would be considered an upset. It would probably just be another one in the category of uh, AAC team beating a Power 5 opponent. I highlighted, though, UCF will play Pitt at home in Week 5. Um, yeah. The national champions of 2017, of course, self-proclaimed. Um, versus the new defensive coordinator at Pitt, who went 5-7 and seven last year. Some question marks at quarterback for Pitt. They may have found a quarterback that they actually can trust. And then the sophomore, uh, Kenny Pickett, during their very last game when they actually upset Miami of Florida last year. But I still feel like there's probably some question marks with Pitt, so I picked Pitt at UCF. Yeah, I, I had mentioned all those those three games uh, going through. They're the ones that jumped off um, UCF at at. UNC, USF, USF at Illinois, and then uh, Central Florida hosting Pitt. I, again, I I had upset. I crossed it out, and I just said Power Five win because I don't know. Yeah. I don't think you know those Group of Five teams have a chance to be um, you know underdog in many of those games unless something funky comes up. Uh, how about a championship game for uh, the AAC? I went with uh, out of the East. Uh, I took uh, Central Florida. I I don't think they're going to catch that lightning in a bottle that they did last season, uh, but they still have perhaps the best player in this league in McKenzie Milton. Uh, and obviously they still have a lot of talent. And I, I went with them to kind of run away with the East. Uh, the West is a better division I'm really intrigued by Tulane. I'm intrigued by Navy. Um, ultimately, chose Navy. I know Memphis is probably going to win, but uh, I I went with the Navy midshipmen. Uh, really, only reason I like to root for them. Number two, I think they're always incredibly tough to play and it's tough to beat because of that system. Um, so that that deserves respect. Uh, and then number three, I do think the Malcolm Perry. Uh, it's the type of difference maker at quarterback. When he took over the offense, uh, Navy was operating at a level that was just absurd. Um, so I do think he's the type of difference maker that could elevate Navy above Memphis. Uh, and, you know, what do you know? They do play the Tigers in week number two. The only problem with that, it comes after a trip to Hawaii. So that'll be kind of a, a difficult turnaround for them. Uh, but I think they've got a real good chance to, uh, to upset uh, Memphis, because I think Memphis probably comes into that game favored, and if they can get that one, sure, why not? I took them to win the West. How about you, Nathan? Uh, I was similar in the East. I also had Central Florida, and again, I, I think it'll be the McKenzie-Milton factor, or factor, just like yep. TJ said. I again think the West will probably be the more um, highly contested division and the one to watch. I actually picked Houston out, coming out of the West, though. Um, I think it'll be tightly contested with Memphis and Navy, who TJ highlighted. But I I think I, um, TJ said that Mackenzie Milton may be the best player in the conference. I think you look on the defensive side of the ball at Houston and, and you see Ed Oliver, and I think he may be the best yep. player in the conference. I'm hoping he could be a future Colt, actually. Um, so I actually went with Houston. But I think the game to watch that I highlighted as a must much, must watch would be Houston at Memphis, and I think that game will determine the West. 
yeah, uh, that's a good choice. Um, I went with UCF in the East. Uh, they, they, they're just better. They get Temple at home and Navy at home. Uh, they also mm-hmm. they do have to go to USF. So if USF is there to end the season, it's going to be a Friday night game that that could play into it. But they also, you know, they're they're playing. They get winnable Power Five games uh, in Pittsburgh and North Carolina. They're probably the AAC's best chance of running the table if they run the table to be one of those DO6 teams. Um, I am going to go Navy in the East. Uh, or in the West, sorry. You know, my mistake for thinking Maryland was in the East. Um, but they, uh, Memphis has to go to Navy in week two. That is a tough, tough game, uh, tough offense to put, uh, prepare for. We, we've seen them play IU and, and run all over IU. Um, and, and we'll see there. Memphis, I just, yeah, nightmares. They – I, I just don't trust Memphis uh, with Mike Norville as, as much as as I trust Navy and, and that team um, coming off of there. So I'm going to go uh, U, UCF and Navy uh, on those. My New Year's Six pick uh, out of that group was U, uh, UCF. Uh, and then um, yeah. we'll move on to Conference USA. Uh, so Conference USA it is probably the third strongest uh, group of five division, in my opinion. I think things changed a little bit a couple years ago when they started shuffling everything. Um, Conference USA, my power five win was Middle Tennessee State at Vandy. They had that game. They should have won that game a year ago. They're going to have uh, – when they host Vanderbilt um, – Last year in week in week one, they just you know they lost twenty eight six, but that that game was there for the taking. They 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 were close um, underdogs at plus three points, but they they bring back their top four top five leading rushers, including Brent Stockstill, who's been there which seems forever. He's a senior quarterback. He threw for thrown for over four thousand yards in his career. 30 touchdowns, uh, coach's kid. I, I think with Vanderbilt, with the questions that they have, um, this is going to be one of those games to, to watch in week one where you could have a group of five upset against an SEC team uh, on the road. So that's my uh, my power five win is going to be Middle Tennessee, uh, Middle Tennessee State at Vanderbilt. How about you, TJ? So I went September 22nd, uh, North Carolina State makes a very uh, tricky trip that uh, not many power conference schools would make. So I I guess I give them credit for that. I, they've, they've made some interesting scheduling choices in Raleigh uh, that I imagine Dave Doran's not particularly thrilled with uh, to have to play. But uh, he does have to play them, and it's uh, the Marshall Thundering Herd North Carolina State going to Marshall, who uh, returns a ton on offense. Tyra King is a really good running back. They've got great wide receivers uh, that I think will be able to match up well with NC State's inexperienced defense. Uh, remember, NC State's replacing a ton on both sides of the ball, uh, particularly on defense, though. They do return a good quarterback, 
find some good skill position guys. So their offense should be able to put up some points. But Marshall, no pushover. They return uh, their whole front four uh, and all but one of their linebackers. Um, I really think Marshall is probably the second best team in the East, uh, and they they could give um, could give FAU a run for their money since they do host them later on in the season. So I'll go Marshall uh, to experience system under Doc Holliday, and I think they actually win that one outright. They will be underdogs, and I imagine it'll be somewhat significant underdogs. But I think Marshall could get that one outright. Yeah, that's a sneaky good pick too. Uh, Marshall also goes to South Carolina the week before that, yeah. Uh, w- yeah. which could also be a, a very good um, group of five pick as well. Uh, Nathan, how about yourself? Uh, so I just went with a different week one matchup, actually, and I'm going to go with FAU at Oklahoma week one. And Ooh. even if this is, even if this isn't an upset, I just want to watch this game just because of the offensive attack that I'm sure I will yep. be in it. Just Lane Kiffin, the offensive-minded coach, with an All-American running back, Devin Singletary, along with Oklahoma, who, of course, I, I like to trash on the Big 12 and their opinion on defense, but they love to play offense in the Big 12. So I just think FAU at Oklahoma, I'm sure it'll be a shootout. Maybe FAU can pull it out in week one. That was my pick for the Conference USA. That's not a bad pick at all, especially Oklahoma's coming in with the new quarterback. Um, you know, Lincoln Riley said that Kyler Murray wasn't, you know, had to win the starting job, which if I'm Kyler Murray, why am I still at Oklahoma? Uh, if I wasn't guaranteed the job, I could go be playing minor league baseball and counting my $9 million dollars. Uh, in my crummy mm-hmm. motel room. Um, but, yeah, that's a great pick. I I put um, – I already gave my MTSU at Vandy. Uh, my championship game pick, uh, I'm going to go Florida Atlantic and Louisiana Tech in the other division, which I believe is the – yep, east and west. Uh, so, Louisiana Tech in the west. The UAB is also going to be pretty good, but I just don't – you know, who knows, they're – they were off their deathbed. Um, it's kind of a zombie program, and I just don't know what they're going to do uh, as of yet. I don't really trust them. I trust uh, I trust Louisiana Tech a little bit more. They've gone to four straight bowl games. They're twenty three and eleven uh, under Skid Holtz in the conference USA and conference USA playing into a pair of the conference USA title games. So. I like their experience over UAB. I wouldn't be shocked if those two flip-flop in the East. I like Florida Atlantic. Uh, the lane train is rolling. We'll see how long Lane Kiffin is at FAU. Uh, Marshall also. One more year. We'll see this if is it. Marshall. This is it. If he, if he knocks off Oklahoma and gets into that New Year's Six, yeah, this is probably it. Uh, Marshall could contend there. It probably doesn't come down to that October 20th matchup against Florida Atlantic at home. I think one of those teams, Marshall probably loses another game, uh, but that, that's my pick is uh, Florida Atlantic against Louisiana Tech. Again, it's going to be one of those 49-46 games that you see in December that, that are fun to watch. 
All right. And then everybody's New Year's Six pick for Conference USA. Where's the best? Uh, yeah, I went FAU in the East. I went North Texas in the West, which I'm kind of just rooting for them. I think Mason Fine's a really good player. Seth Luttrell, obviously some IU ties. I think he's doing a nice job as the head coach of North Texas. Uh, and if, if they have the kind of season that they could have this year, uh, he'll be a candidate perhaps to move move up in jobs. Uh, he's just been one of the few guys to be able to succeed there in North Texas. But I think FAU, with the schedule that they have, uh, I think they've got a really good shot. Um, if they can, you know, meet expectations, they've got a good shot to have some good resume wins and, and push themselves up those uh, college football playoff rankings, which, no, they're not a playoff threat, but uh, to make themselves the highest uh, non-Power 5 school. Uh, so I'm going to go FAU as the best uh, New Year's Six contender out of this group with games at Oklahoma, Air Force, at Central Florida, uh, and then you've got at Middle Tennessee, at Marshall, at FIU, at North Texas. So it, it's a tough road to hoe for them, but uh, that presents, you know, with challenge comes opportunity. So uh, I imagine Wade would have it no other way. Uh, yeah, and, and that's one the of the, Yeah, that's one of the things I looked at when picking New York New Year's Six teams because there are teams that will that could go undefeated, but if you're not playing a Power Five team, you're probably not going to be on that highest rated um, right. group of five teams to get in there. Nathan, how about you? What's your uh, New Year's Six pick out of the out of Conference USA? Uh, so probably no surprise since I picked FAU to upset Oklahoma, but I had FAU coming out of the East. Um, I think the bigger test will come out of the West, and I picked UAB actually to I, – I forget who took North Texas, but I had UAB over North Texas yeah. to win the West. Yep. Um, strictly because I thought it was kind of a toss-up, but UAB gets North Texas at home, so I'll give them a slight mm-hmm. edge. Um, they're also just two years off of having no football program at all. Hopefully they can still have some motivation from that. Heck, they're playing football. they got to be happy. Um, and also they've just got a senior quarterback, A.J. Early, that threw 16 touchdowns to only four interceptions last year. I'll always trust a senior quarterback. So I had FAU and UAB. FAU, I chose to win that game, to win the Conference USA. And also would get my New Year's six pick. And if I actually could only choose one group of five team out of all the conferences as my New Year's six pick, I would probably go with Florida Atlantic. A safe, that's a safe, smart pick out of the at, uh, for that New Year's six, um, that New Year's six uh, group or the group of five New Year's six bid. Anyway, Florida International is a Conference USA team. Indiana has played them three of the past four years. This is the second year, second time in three years that IU will be opening down in Miami against FIU. They should have played last year, but it, the game was canceled uh, due to a hurricane and moved to 2025. Um, I have my own issues about IU going down there, uh, but Florida International, they hired Butch Davis last year. They kind of overachieved, won eight games, went to a bowl game, uh, but they're going to be – there's a lot of turnover. Uh, they lose – they lose uh, Alex Magoo, who 
uh, started four years for them. They bring in James Morgan, who is a transfer from Bowling Green. He didn't play that well while he was at Bowling Green. Uh, he, he played in seven games last year, threw a little bit over 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns, but he does have uh, like 22 career interceptions. Uh, that's a lot of interceptions to come in. I, FIU also has some young quarterbacks on the roster who haven't looked great. Uh, Maurice Alexander was one of them uh, who, who redshirted last year. And, you know, we'll see Napoleon Maxwell. They lost uh, Alex Gardner, their running back as well. But the running backs they bring back average more yards per carry uh, over the season. So I think they'll be okay at running back. They bring back uh, – their defensive line is going to be the strength of this team. They, they bring back a lot of guys along the defensive line. Anthony Johnson and Tylen uh, Humphrey are stout. The, for Conference USA guys, they have defensive tackles who are uh, one of them 6'5", 350, the other 6'3", 291. That's Big Ten size or Power Five size at this at this level. Furman Silva at linebacker is pretty is pretty good. Sage Lewis is pretty good as well. They replace their entire secondary. So. If IU's going to have a chance, they're going to have to protect uh, Dawkins or Ramsey, whoever starts at quarterback, so they can throw the ball, get these, um, get the ball out to these receivers in space against uh, inexperienced defensive backs. And TJ mentioned it before, if IU cannot run against FIU, they're going to have problems the rest of the season. Now, they don't have to go off for 300-something yards, but if they can't average over four and a half yards for carry – uh, and, and lean on that run game late in the game to wear to wear FIU out. And we saw it, maybe the coaching change uh, a couple years ago uh, will change this, but we saw when IU went down there in 2016, FIU players were taking dives and stop, trying to stop the clock and control the tempo. Now, uh, if IU is as in shape and, and the strength and condition coaches have been as advertised, they should be the better conditioned team, even though they, they uh, FIU plays down in Florida, plays down in that heat. It, it has been hot in Florida, like in Indiana this summer as well. So IU should be used to it. They uh, The board runs a faster offense than Wilson. So one of the things to watch is, are they going to take dives like they did the last game? And then two, can this IU offensive line wear down FIU to where maybe – late in the game, they could hand the ball off to these running backs, you know, 10 or 15 times and run out the clock um, and, and put, put nails in the coffin. But FIU, it's a tricky game. Uh, they're good. I think they do take a step back from eight and five last year, but they, they return 11 starters uh, total, but they lose a lot. Um, they're probably the most inexperienced team or one of them in uh in division one or in the FBS. All right, let's move on to the Sunbelt conference, which I found a little bit tricky to pick. There weren't um, many chances to, for a power five win or power five upset in the Sunbelt conference. It's kind of uh, teams that you don't expect that you might not have heard of, uh, you know, Texas, uh, Texas state, South Alabama, um, Coastal Carolina, Georgia State, Georgia Southern, these are teams that have made the leap from FCS up to FBS. Um, 
that could do it. But my power five win pick uh, is Troy at Nebraska. Uh, Troy defeated LSU last year in Death Valley. It was a, a heck of a win for the Trojans, 24-21. Uh, now they do lose their top two rushers and their starting quarterback, but they bring guys back and we just don't know what Nebraska is going to be like on September 15th. Uh, Troy will also have host Boise state and then play a, a cupcake game with Florida A&M. So my, just based on, on that there weren't a lot of power five matchups between the Sunbelt conference and uh, power five is, is Troy at Nebraska. Nathan, let's go to you. What is your power five pick? Yeah, I hate to double up, but this was the only one I could find that I really had any confidence in, and I don't have that much confidence in it. But I also went with Troy at Nebraska week three. Really, it's just the question marks of Nebraska with a new coach. They, Troy just kind of has to hope that week three they're still figuring things out with Scott Frost and they're able to take advantage of it. I didn't really love this pick. This is the one I had the least confidence in. And there weren't that many, like you said, that many opportunities where Sunbelt teams were playing Power 5 opponents. So I hate to do it, but I'm going to have to double up and say Troy at Nebraska. Yeah, you can only do so much with, with the things that are given to you. TJ, how about you? Are, are you going to triple down on Troy at Nebraska? Yeah, yeah I am. I, I actually I really like Arkansas State. Um, I think that they are, in my opinion, the best team in this league. Uh, I think they have a really good program. And, uh, I mean, I really love their uniforms. I I have some money in Arkansas State this year, so I'll be rooting for them, uh, rooting for the Red Wolves. But their power conference game is at Alabama. So they're going to lose by roughly 50 points. And uh, if Alabama, you know, is interested in it. Uh, so I can't take them, and the only really other option and team that you feel good about uh, winning one of those games uh, would be Troy. So, yeah, I'll, I'll make it three. I don't think it happens. I think Ohio is more likely to get Nebraska. Take somebody, you take Troy, had Nebraska. Yeah, and then Appalachian State, who I think is also a good uh, Sunbelt team, they play at Penn State. So it's a really tough, yep. Yep. Uh, really tough, uh, slate to pick against my championship game is Appalachian State against Arkansas State. They're clearly the oh. two best teams in the Sun Belt, um, oh. and they they will play. Uh, they it will be a rematch because they play it October 9th on a Tuesday uh, in in at Arkansas State. So I think. Both of them hold on to win their divisions. I think you get a rematch in the championship game, and I'm going Appalachian State in the east and Arkansas State in the west. I went with Troy uh, over Appalachian State and then Arkansas State uh, with the Red Wolves winning that, uh, that game to win the conference. How about you, Nathan? I, again, had Arkansas State um, out of the West. I think they'll run away with it. But I'm going to agree with Sammy this time, and I also had Appalachian State coming out of the East. And mainly just because Appalachian State gets Troy at home, so I'll take the home team in that situation. And I actually upset or already 
I had Appalachian State beating Arkansas State in the Sun Belt for the championship. Uh, I, if I had to pick a New Year's Six team out of the Sun Belt, it would be Appalachian State. That means they would have to have beaten uh, Penn State. Otherwise, they're probably not going to do it. Otherwise, nobody else has the resume um, really to do it. Uh, Troy could uh, if they beat Boise State and Nebraska. But other than that, it, it's just not a great out of non-conference schedule for them to to, to build up and, and really beat some of these other group of five teams for that bid. Um, anybody else uh, have a New Year's Six pick for the Sun Belt? No. No. All, All right. right. If, I, if I had to pick it, I'd go Appalachian State, but I wouldn't really pick one. Moving on to the Mountain West. Things get interesting. It's like Pac-12 after dark, but not um my power five upset there are a couple of them um and i might pick on minnesota again fresno state heads to minnesota um i forgot what week it was but they head to minnesota other games i had uh circled colorado state usually gets colorado every other year or so um that's week two for fresno state at minnesota and then Washington State travels to Wyoming. Now, if this is a couple of years ago, uh, yeah, I'd pick that. And then San Diego State hosts Arizona State. Uh, does Herm Edwards, can Herm Edwards take his team on the road and win a game against the San Diego State game? But I'm going to take Fresno State at Minnesota. How about you, TJ? Yep, that is the game that I went with as well. I think Fresno State wins that one. Um, I quite like that team this year. Uh, Jeff Tedford did an amazing job in his first year. I expect a similar encore in year two. Uh, San Diego State, Arizona State, I mean, uh, I think San Diego State's going to win that game. I don't think it's going to be an upset. Uh, I think the Aztecs will be favored there. Yeah. How about you, Nathan? Well, I also had highlighted Fresno State, but I actually am going to go seven days later in week three. Yeah. And Fresno yeah. State will go will travel to UCLA September 15th. Yep. UCLA is coming off of a trip at Oklahoma, and they're in week three with Chip Kelly, still figuring things out in this hypothetical situation. So I, was, I actually highlighted Fresno State at UCLA in week three for my Mountain West upset. Yeah, that was uh... – You'd circle which one. I, I figured Minnesota's in a lot worse shape uh, than UCLA is at the time, but that's a good pick, too. Uh, that will be uh-huh. Pac-12 after dark craziness on September 15th. Um, yeah, and all that. 30 start. Yeah. Championship game. Uh, this one was pretty straightforward. I'm going to go with uh, Boise State in the Mountain Conference uh, and Fresno State in the Western conference speaker speaking of good division names in the mountain west conference they have the mountain division and the western division just makes sense um boise state i i like them they're 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 a good experienced team uh brett ripen comes back after throwing for 2600 yards last year they bring back a thousand yard rusher uh, a couple good receivers as well uh, who are a little bit younger uh, and, and grew last year. They went 11-3 and three last year. Their schedule is conducive. They get Fresno State at home. They get Colorado State at home. They get San Diego State at home. 
they do have to go to Oklahoma State, which I had almost circled that one as well. Uh, yeah. As a power five upset, and then they get Utah State at home to end the year. I think Boise State's talented. They've proved it for long enough that they're going to be in it until November and until they prove it. Otherwise, I will I won't pick against Fres or Boise State in the West. I like Fresno State as well. Uh, they're they're they, they bring back a lot of talent. Uh, their top five rushers are back. Their twenty seven hundred yard passer quarterback is back. Their basically their entire receiving core is back except for uh, Damari Scott. So they're going to be uh, they're going to be the more experienced team. They return eight starters on offense, seven starters on defense. They only lose fourteen Letterman. Uh, from last year. So they're going to be a veteran squad. Uh, they can handle this schedule pretty well. They have two chances at Power 5 upsets, as we uh, pointed out. They also host Toledo, which would be a fun game to watch. They do not have to travel to Hawaii. Uh, and, you know, probably another rematch in one of these Group of Five championship games is Fresno State at Boise State on November 9th. Uh, Nathan, how about you? Uh, I also had Boise State um, coming out of the mountain, um, like division of that conference. Um, that one was an easy pick for me. If I had to pick my runner-up team for who will get a New Year's Six Bowl, it would probably be Boise State behind Florida Atlantic if I could only choose one from the group of five. So that was an easy pick for me. Uh, the West, like you said, I think will be a little bit more um, competitive, probably between Fresno State and San Diego State. San Diego State's not sure who they want their quarterback to be, and they're really just going to be hoping that their quarterback is not bad and just good enough to get by. I don't trust yeah. that, so I was going to pick Fresno State in the uh, in the West part of that division. Uh, I also forgot to mention this with Boise State, but I, I think you highlighted it they are super lucky in that all their biggest games are at home. So that will yep. help them a lot in um, the mountain mountain conference. Um, probably the game to watch in that conference will either be San Diego state at Boise or Fresno state at Boise, depending on who you have coming out of the West. I highlight the game to watch is Fresno state at Boise just because um, I have Fresno state winning the West. And again, that is fortunate for Boise to have, both of those teams at home for them. Yeah, so I, I went. Uh, yeah, I went Boise State, and then I went Fresno State. Uh, I think Fresno State has a really interesting schedule: Idaho, at Minnesota, at UCLA, Toledo, at Nevada, and then you go to Boise State on November 10th, and you host San Diego State on November 17th. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of opportunity there. I think Minnesota is very winnable. I think they win that game. I think uh, UCLA is very winnable. And then Toledo is a respected program, but has a lot of turnover. Uh, you've got a real shot there uh, to become a top 25 team by the end of the month of uh, September before you bim over San Diego State, mainly the Aztecs, who I love as a program. They're so physical. Um, just continue to turn out really good running backs, and that should be the case again with Juwan Washington. They lose quite a bit on defense, and I, I, I don't love their passing game, as you mentioned, Nathan. Uh, but that schedule is really tough uh, in conference because of the road games at Fresno State. 
uh, and at Boise State as well. So I went with uh, Fresno State, and then uh, Boise State, I don't think they'll be challenged. Uh, they've got a nice schedule as well, less interesting, but a good one that sets up uh, with at Troy. That's a respected win if they can get it in the, at Oklahoma State, which is a winnable, uh, but you know reasonably tough power conference opponent on the road. Uh, and if you can get those two and then win your win your conference easily, I think that they'd be the uh, odds-on favorite probably to get the New Year's Six Bowl from the G5. Uh, so I went with Boise State and Fresno, uh, two teams that I, I think are actually you know really pretty good and, and potential top 25 teams by the end by if they can take care of yep. business early on. Good football. Yeah. It is. It's good yeah. football. It's good football every day of the week. Um, if you include the True. NFL, True. Um, so you have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So if you're a football fan, uh, these group of five games are fun to watch. They're fun to bet on as well. Um, anyway, that does oh, yeah. it for tonight's show. One more pick, guys. We have the home run derby tonight. And if there are IU fans listening, you should know that Kyle Schwarber is representing the Cubs in the home run derby. Um, who's your pick tonight, Nathan? I hate to go against Schwarber because I love him. I've got his jersey hanging in my closet about 10 feet from me. But I'm going to go with his teammate. I'm going with Javi Baez, the most exciting player in baseball. All right, TJ, how about hey, you? That? I'm yep, going to go Kyle Schwarber. Fan, I, well, as a Cubs fan, I hope uh, – I kind of hope Schwarber and Baez both – exactly. Yeah, I hope that they both get out really early, uh, don't do anything, certainly don't get hurt by pulling any muscles. Uh, That's what I'm hoping for. I don't think that's what's going to happen. But, you know, I'm going to take Schwarber because why not? Who the heck knows? And, honestly, who cares? Uh, I I certainly don't about the Home Run Derby. It's not an event I can get into, but – uh, since Schwarber's taking the time to do it, I hope he does really well. And um, from an IU baseball perspective, it can only help with the new coach that everybody seems pretty high on. Uh, that'd be good brand awareness, if you will, to have him go out and uh, crush a few to get on SportsCenter. Yeah, I, I am a big fan of the Home Run Derby now, especially since they changed the format. Uh, I'm glad that none of my Yankee guys are in it again this year after having uh, – Judge have issues after he did finish with like 57 home runs or whatever. So that doesn't really matter. Um, but I, I'm going with Schwarber. I just hope there's a lot of dingers in, in a place that you can see the ball go out of the stadium. Maybe just, you know, lots of long balls for me and, and have a, a couple buzzer beaters and have it come down uh, to the last couple of guys. But anyway, that does it for our, non-conference non-big 10 previews guys so thanks for joining me nathan and tj and enjoy the rest of your uh monday nights thanks for having me yeah a lot of fun a lot of fun thanks guys all right that wraps it up for the hoosier huddle podcast uh we'll be back uh next week is big 10 media days we'll have our big 10 media day preview probably at the end of this week or maybe over the weekend We'll get into the Big Ten preview, Big Ten West, Big Ten East previews uh, later in the summer uh, as we get closer to the season. Then we'll get into more IU-specific stuff. Uh, Today is Amazon Prime Day. If you haven't heard, we put out a lot of stuff on Twitter. It is still going. It goes into tomorrow. If you do shop on Amazon or Amazon Prime, head over to Hoosier Huddle. uh, Click one of our Amazon ads. 
It's at no cost to the, to the shopper. We get a kickback from what you buy uh, as a referral fee. It helps us um, maintain the site, head to road games, all that good stuff. You know, it helps, you know, give these guys a, a little bit of, um, you know, pocket cash uh, for helping out as well. Uh, so go do that. Another exciting announcement is that we're starting a uh, another advertising um, deal with somebody else. Trust me, guys, you're going to like it if you're a sports fan and like uh, memorabilia, uh, vintage stuff. Uh, this will be for you, uh, and it'll be up on the site in the next couple of weeks, hopefully. Uh, after that, football is right around the corner. We're at 47 days uh, and counting, uh, 46 if you want to be technical, uh, since we are past the 7 o'clock hour. Uh, when IU will take on FIU. Anyway, thanks for joining us. You can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Um, we're on Facebook as well. And, of course, at HoosierHuddle.com. So thank you for joining us, and have a pleasant night. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. 
So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Thank you.